0: We're very pleased to be joined by someone who scaled the heights both on the pitch and off the pitch after retired in the world of broadcasting. Uh, It's a very, very big 98. Welcome to Mr. David Gower. (laughs) David, how are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm fine. The Ashes um, always seems to define both England teams and, to a certain extent, England captains. And the 1989 Ashes series, David, and I can remember vividly reading... Your diaries in the Times newspaper, um, just afterwards, just explaining or giving an insight into what it was actually like, and it, it made me wonder about being an England captain. If you if you are, if you get to the level of playing Test cricket, I would assume that the captain's role is is the ultimate accolade. Mm-hmm. But is it? Well, I'm sure it is a double edged sword. So, could you just give us an idea of what's great and what's awful about being England's Test captain?
1: Well, you, you can simplify it incredibly easily. If things are going well, it's great. If things are not going well, it's horrible. Yeah. There you are. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a very natural sort of human thing that you know you take. Um, you're you're always aware that there is a you know, a middle ground whereby if you get overexcited with your successes, then all you're doing is waiting for it to go horribly wrong and someone to say, "Oh, there you are. I see that's the other side." Uh, What's not very easy, of course, is to deal with the, the abject failures. I mean, I'm delighted you mentioned 1989, um, uh, or maybe not, to be honest, um, because it was a pretty grim time. Um, and it, it, again, to encapsulate that, I remember taking it on. I mean, okay, I took the job on because I was offered it, and it's one of those jobs it's impossible to turn down. I mean, I can't off the top of my head think of anyone necessarily who is – been rung up by a head of selectors, chairman of selectors, offer the job and said, No, yeah, you, know, you must be joking. Why would I want to do that? You know, everyone goes, yeah, this is the, you know, this is the height, this is the apogee, this is you know, this is the pinnacle, this is where you want to be, and it's a challenge you want to take on. So having experienced in my relatively brief captaincy career 32 games, every possible combination, 89 was a nightmare because I took it on not knowing at the time I was second choice, maybe even third choice for that matter. Um, didn't matter. I was happy to do it, wanted to do it, and had um, ambitions and expectations of repeating 85, where we'd beaten Alan Borders' team 3 1. And that was, you know, that was the, um, that, because it's the Ashes, standing at the over the, with the little Ashes trophy in your hand is brilliant, is absolutely brilliant. Um, it kind of matched, I think, the achievement of winning in India as well, which was a much different sort of series, much tougher sort of tour. And um, for all sorts of very different reasons, politics and assassinations being right up there at the top of the list. But winning the Ashes is very special. Equally losing the Ashes is dreadful. And the thing about the 89 series is that every possible combination of things that could go wrong. I mean, when you have that throwaway line, what could possibly go wrong? Well, it all went wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, losing the first game when we should have at least drawn it and um, finding ourselves under pressure at Lord's again. Um injuries, selection. I mean, the one thing I would take some responsibility for was the fact that our selection policy that year was rubbish um, and that people came in, people went out. I think it was something like 29 players used in the six matches. Uh, Part of that, of course, was the fact that underlying this all was the rebel tour that was being put together um, side by side with the Ashes, which, as ever, then the last person to find out is the current England captain. Uh, for obvious reasons. You can't alert him to the fact there's a rebel tour. But what I found, actually, of all the things I found be, uh, sort of bemusing, uh, which is, again, an understatement, was the fact that Dexter and Stewart, Ted as chairman of as selectors, chairman of the committee, Mickey Stewart as the team manager, both had some knowledge of this rebel tour before I did. And for some reason, they chose not to share it with me. So it's you're operating in the dark. Uh, and by that stage, by the time it became... Public knowledge, which was Old Trafford, fourth Test match, which we'd lost again, and conceded the Ashes, still with two games to go, which is not a nice feeling. Um, You know, there was so much going on. I mean, it was it was the most depressing time. Um, It's certainly confusing. Certainly, I mean, your emotions range from confusion to anger to everything in between. Um, You take solace from friends. You mean that's that's where you need. A good sort of firm grounding elsewhere. Because if you're completely wound up in what you're doing as captain, you could actually literally implode or explode, take your pick. It depends, doesn't matter where you go in or out, you know, it's not a very pleasant feeling. So at that stage, for instance, at Old Trafford, I remember apart from the Rebel Tour being announced, and therefore, I think it was something like six or seven players automatically not available for the last two games. Um, which, of course, is a big chunk. But by then, of course, you have lost the Ashes. So, in a sense, what does it matter? But it was, you know, one thing after another. I remember at Old Trafford also, David Norrie, News of the World at the time, um, who was someone I understood and he understood me. And, um, you know, we had a pretty good relationship as player stroke captain stroke journalist. Rang me up, I think, on the, I forget which night, probably the Saturday night. Um, and he said, Will you be considering your position? And we had a discussion, a semantic discussion, as to whether I'd be considering my position or reconsidering my position, um, which was sort of a slight distraction from the seriousness of the situation. And I obviously said, "Well, no, I'm not um, thinking about my position at the moment. Let's see what happens." Uh, even then, I mean, I could have resigned. I was persuaded by Dexter and Stuart to carry on because with those seven, six or seven men going to the rebel tour, I mean, there was no one left. <laughs> so, I mean, it might have been a sinking ship, but um, therefore the captain had to go down with it. And I mean, there is not enough time even here, not enough time in a thousand word essay or sort of a 10,000 word essay or even a full book to really sort of go into the, the whole story of that 1989 series. Just suffice to say, at the end of it, I was rather bruised and battered.
0: David Gowen, many, many thanks for joining us on 98 Not. Absolute pleasure. Uh, and look forward to catching up um, at some Tabner's Dues over the summer. Indeed, many thanks. That's exactly what we're going to do. <music>